I'm going to ask my wife if she'd come up here, up here real quick. I want her to, to greet you because the truth and reality is I would, wouldn't be here today without her support and love. Good morning, church. Kids. Sorry, I cut you off. No, you did. <laughs> I have a little bit more energy than I did this morning. I just want to say thank you to Dan and Aaron for having us out. We miss them and we love them and we're so happy to be here with you today. And I'll just uh, follow what Pastor Aaron said. The Lord has a, a word for you and I hope that you're blessed with this service. So just thank you again. Well, we love Pastor Day and uh, Pastor Aaron and this wonderful family. We also love Val. Val, where are you at? There you are. We love Val, too. And, um, you know, me and your pastor, we go, we go way back, like, like way back, like the, the Tom Laundry days of the Dallas Cowboys. I think there's a picture of, there we are. Yeah, we go way back. And so, but, which that was a costume, by the way. And so he didn't always dress like that. So that was good stuff. But um, uh, your, your pastor is, is, is my pastor, and he's a very good mentor to me, very good friend. Um, we pastor a church in Alamogordo, New Mexico, which, by the way, Pastor Aaron, he said that very well. Not many people can say Alamogordo. They struggle with that. But you did a good job there. Um, we've been there since the uh, year 2015, and uh, we took over a church that was in decline. At that time, we only had 20 people and um, as of today, three and a half years, we have over 300 people. We do three services. And so we give God glory for all that. And so back home, I usually preach three times. And so here I'm preaching twice. So I hope you have your lunch because we're going to be here till about 1.30 because I get an extra time and since I'm usually three services. Um, but I give um, God all the glory for the increase. But I'm thankful for people like Pastor Aaron because... Whenever I needed him, he was there. Whenever I needed just to reach out and share my thoughts and my struggles, he was always there. He, he's a brother that loves me and never judges me. And so I'm very thankful for that. Uh, even back in Mesquite when we served together, there we are. There I am. I'm sure I had a question about the word. And, and he always took the time to, to and your hair's different. I just, I just there's no notice that. Okay, it's great. But uh, yeah, he always took the time to... Uh, uh, I'm sure mine's different too, but he took the time to, to minister to me and love me. So we thank you, Aaron and Dave, for having us out. And um, how many are ready to dig in the Word of God today? Amen. All right, well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want us to go to Mark 5, verses 22 through 34. Now, I really want to speak to your hearts this morning through God's Word. Because I don't want you to, to leave this place this morning and say, wow, that was really a great message. I really want you to walk out of here and say, wow, what a great God we serve. I don't want you just to be here and say, well, that was just a fabulous Sunday. But I really want you to be, wow, like we really do serve a good God today. And what a great Savior we have in Jesus Christ. Now, I had a hard time sleeping last night. I, I woke up at 5 o'clock this morning, which would be 3 o'clock our time because you guys are two hours ahead. But I was excited for you. I've been thinking about you. I've been praying for you because I know the power of God. I know the power of God. If we just apply the word to our lives, believe that Jesus is for us. He fights our battles with us and he's with us every step of the way. And so I've been thinking about you because I know I'm like, Lord, I know that you're going to do some great things this morning. I know that you're really going to speak into people's life. I hope my prayer is that God messes you up in a good way. 
And my heart is that you walk out of here and you're just like, wow, we really do serve a great God. Because listen, if there's a time more than ever that people need Jesus, it's today. We live in a, in a hurt and damaged world where people are left wounded to the point that they, don't, they themselves don't even know how to live. They don't know how to be happy. Here's, here's, here's some, some uh, news flash for you. The devil can't steal your salvation, but he will make you a miserable, doubting Christian. To the point that, that, that it, it's hard for you every single day. I mean, do I really believe what I believe? And, and, and that's what we have to understand today. The devil is called the father of lies. And he wants to lie to you and I and how great our God is. He wants to lie to you and I on, on what God can help us and heal the things that are in our hearts. And the thing is, we as Christians deal with that. There's this theology out there that they say, well, you know, if you deal with depression, you deal with anxiety, you deal with fear, you deal with all these things, and I don't really know if you're saved. We have to read our Bibles. Paul struggled with things. David struggled with things, but yet he was a man after God's heart. See, because we have to understand God's looking at our hearts. He's looking at what's inside here. Amy Winehouse Proved that all the money and fame in the world couldn't make her happy, and she drank herself to death. Robin Williams proved that he can make America laugh and smile, yet himself, he had a hard time laughing inside, and he committed suicide. Pastor Jim Howard, a pastor of a megachurch in California, pastored 17,000 people, took his own life in January. We have to understand that we don't just uh, search God's heart on Sunday. We got to search God's heart every single day. We're, we're in this battle. We're in this war. And it's a spiritual battle that you and I deal with every single day. And the thing is, we can't do it on our own flesh because, listen, we're going to fail. But God, if we go after God's heart, I believe that he will help us. Listen to this quote. All it takes is a beautiful fake smile to hide and an injured soul, and they will never notice how broken you really are. See, you and I are really good at faking our pain. Christians are horrible at it because, you know, we, we come in the church, and, and yeah, it's a place where we worship, but we come in the church, and, and we say, oh, brother, sister, how are you doing today? And we're like, oh, I'm highly favored in the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Highly favored. And deep down inside, we know that we're struggling deep down inside. We know that we're worn and we're fighting. Some of you didn't even probably want to get up this morning, but I'm thankful that you're here because God's going to speak to your hearts this morning. But then we're so injured. Our souls are injured that we start asking these questions. What do we do? How do we heal and, and how do we move forward? Because I think that that is the challenge today. We've been hurt. We've been wounded by life. But now how do we move forward? Because today a lot of people are stuck in their past. You know, probably 70% of people are living in their past. Things that we should have done and, and, and the what ifs. But listen, God wants to take you to a place of healing. God wants to take you to a place that only he can take you. God wants to take you to a place where he wants to restore your heart. He wants to restore your life. And we're about to read a text of a woman who struggled with things. Because listen, you have to invite Jesus into your pain. We serve a great God. You know what's great about Jesus? He won't twist your arm to come to church. He won't twist your arm to read your Bible. He won't twist your arm that, that, that you serve him. We have to, to want to do it. I think we've, we've, we've come to this concept that, that, 
God owes us something. No, we owe God our lives because we're saved, we're redeemed. Our sins are washed away. How many are thankful today that your sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ? But now we go to this this text, Mark 5, verses 22 through 34. If you're there, say amen. Let us stand for the reading of the word today. And behold, one of the rulers of the the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. But when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only, say that with me, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that the power had gone out of him, turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But the disciple said to him, you see the multitude and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her, what, uh, who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your afflictions. Father, we just thank you for the reading of your word today. Father, I pray that you open up our hearts for your message. My Lord, I pray that you anoint my words because, my God, I'm not worthy to speak for you today, but yet you picked me to be a voice. So by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I pray that these words roll off these pages into our hearts, touching the deep things, God, that we struggle with. And I know, Lord, that right now as we're praying that you're already stirring our hearts and what you're going to do. And you get all the glory and honor today in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen and amen. You may be seated. Now, we read this scripture here. And if you really pay attention to it, you will see that she put her trust in, in other things. And, and because that's what you and I can do today. We can put our, our trust in other things to heal us. But listen, that's only going to get us a temporary fix. You need to know today that Jesus is here right now in this moment. He's saying, give me your pain. Give me your addiction. Give me your depression. Give me your anxiety. Give me your worry. Give me everything that you have been dealing with. Because I have to ask you some questions today. What hurt have you been holding on to? Is it keeping you stuck in the past with the fear and anxiety? And do you want to move forward today? Now, I love the story here of the woman that had been bleeding for 12 years because this is kind of a snapshot of our lives. Now, we're not bleeding today, but but what we see here is her holding on to things for a very, very long time, looking for other things to only get her a temporary fix. 
See, my, my fear is, is that we put our trust in man, we put our trust in books, we put our trust in Dr. Phil, we put our trust in Oprah, but let me tell you that Dr. Phil and Oprah have nothing on Jesus Christ. But yet we still go to that stuff because it's like, here's the thing, when you go to Jesus, he's going to deal with some things in our heart and we don't like that one bit. Even as grown-ups, we don't like for our hearts to be dealt with. But listen, the Lord wants to search you and I today. And listen, Jesus might not heal you right away, but he keeps us close to him. Church, I don't know about you, but I need Jesus Christ every single minute of my life. There are times and even times and seasons that I've gone through that I'm like, Lord, I I just need you because I can't do this. I can't preach without him. I need him every second of my life. He keeps us sane. And when we feel like falling apart, he says, no, no. He says, I got you. You will not unravel. But we got to stay close to him. He might be saying, but preacher, you don't know what I deal with. And I tell you today, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I deal with, my past and how it's still there in the, in the back of my head, my, my, my pain, but my heart runs deep for Jesus. And I want your heart to run deep for Jesus. We got to start running back to him and start running away from him. Psalms 91 is one of my favorite scriptures. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my strength. And my fortress, my God in him, it says, I will trust. So, Pastor, how, how do we get this to this place of healing? I'm so glad that you asked. Number one, Jesus is not busy to pursue us. We're too busy to pursue Jesus. Go back to verse four. So Jesus went with him, and the great multitude followed him. See, Jesus was already on his way to heal somebody else. But yet he took time to heal this woman that had been bleeding for 12 years. See, the problem is that Jesus is not busy for you and I. The problem is that you and I are too busy for Jesus. We're too busy to to go after his heart. See, we take time in what matters for us. And you really want to find your healing. You really want to find your breakthrough. We have to keep pursuing Jesus. Don't short your blessings that God has for you today. And see, we think sometimes that our healing is just automatic. I have people that come that I know that are really struggling in our church. And, and, and I know the things that they're going through. And then I, they come one Sunday, and then I won't see them at all. And so I reach out to them like, hey, man, what's, what's going on? That's the way I tell people, hey, man, what's going on? I haven't seen you. And they're just like, oh, well, you know, I'm just really struggling. I said, listen. Just because you sit in one service, just because you say one prayer, just because you say one scripture, it's not going to fix everything overnight. You still have to pursue Jesus every single day. Got to pursue him. Because Jesus was already on his way to do a, a miracle. Why not give him another one to do? See, our busyness should not override our our desperation to have a normal life, to have a, a, a happy life. We need, to, we need to make time for him to invade every single areas of our lives. And all us Christians, we just go through the motions, don't we? It's like, it's like a routine for us, something that we do on Sunday. My heart for you is that you don't drive to church and you're just driving. You're just like, I hope they sing oceans this morning. Such a beautiful song. 
You know, you're driving and you're just like, oh, oh Pastor Aaron's wearing a, a full suit today. And, and you know, and, and, but that you're, you're not driving. You're just like, oh, well, I wonder what, if they're going to have pink lights today or yellow lights. No, 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 no. I want you to drive to church every single Sunday saying, you know what, Lord? I need an encounter with you today. You know what, Lord? I'm driving to church because I want to get closer to you because I'm dealing with depression. I'm dealing with things in my life, and I want to have an encounter with the risen Lord. See, our focus needs to be different when we're driving to church. We need to say, you know what? I need you more. I need to experience you more. I need your power more in my life because, Lord, I wake up some days, and I don't know if I'm going to make it. We have to get desperate for God to work into our lives. See, because what, what we work on, what we pursue, what we take time for is really our priority in life. We got to pursue Jesus. Number two, she didn't get lost in her setback. She got fueled for her blessing. Verse 25, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many doctors. She had spent all that she had and was no better. But the scripture says she grew worse. But when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. See, verse 27 really stands out to me because many people hear about Jesus. Many people hear about the goodness of Jesus, but yet people are so afraid to pursue Jesus because of their past or maybe the way they're living today. Let me give you a little uh, snapshot of my life. When I came to Jesus, I was just a mess, addicted to drugs. I, I was a very lustful man. I was a very man about greed, about a man about myself. And here's the thing. I came to Jesus as I was. And you have to come to Jesus as you are. I heard people say, oh, Pastor, I'll go to church when I quit smoking. And you know, I'll go to church when I get my life right. And all this stuff. I'm like, who in the world do you think is going to help you with your life? Like, we serve Jesus. It's not an automatic. When you pursue him, when you pursue him, he'll take things out of your life, and he'll give you more of him. But you have to pursue his heart. And see, here she, the scripture says that she knew, she heard about Jesus, but her desperation drove her to Jesus. She was bleeding for 12 years, guys. And in, in, in the Jewish law, she, according to Leviticus 13.45, she was supposed to yell, unclean, unclean. I mean, can you imagine the anxiety that she felt just trying to get to our Lord? Her, her heart was beating faster and faster because she knew that if somebody probably saw her, that she would be stoned to death. But she was like, I don't care what people say. I'm going to pursue Jesus anyway. I don't care what sin I'm in. I'm going to pursue Jesus anyway, because if only I can touch the hem of his garment, then I shall be made well. She didn't care. And a lot of the times, you and I don't want to pursue Jesus with our whole hearts, afraid of what people are going to say. Listen, people talk bad about me when I wasn't living for Christ. People definitely talk more about me now that I'm living for Christ. But we have to make up our minds. Are we serving people or are we serving God? 
And, I, and in New Mexico, I, I don't know if they say this in Pennsylvania, but I hear this a lot. Oh, pastor, I just don't want to be really religious. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? You need to tell me you don't want to pursue the one that gave you life? Think about it. There was a time that none of our names were in the Lamb's book of life. Think about that for a second. I mean, that should blow your mind. But the moment that you confess that Jesus was Lord, the moment that you said, Lord, I need you in my life, he went over here and he said, I'm going to write your name in the Lamb's book of life, that now you may have eternal life that is only in Christ Jesus. But deep down inside, she was like, I I know that my blessing is coming. And and she pursued him. See, sometimes we can't see our blessings. All we see is pain. All we see is setback after setback. And she could have given up, and many people do. My heart is that you don't give up today. Because, yeah, guys, this life is hard. I've only been pastoring for five, six years, and there's things that I don't even understand. A pain, people go through some deep pain, but what I do know, what I do understand in God's love, God's grace, God's mercy, and God's forgiveness for our lives every single day. We can't just give up if God's not working fast enough. We can't let our pain defeat us. Scripture says that she spent everything she had and she got worse. So you and I want to we want to read all these healing books and, and put our faith in all these books. There's nothing wrong with books. I read books. But don't complicate Christianity. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked up and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. We need healing today. All we got to do is is, is anoint, pray, seek, and wait what God does. And I believe that, that God wants us to have a blessed life. See, people look at me today, and they probably say, well, you know, God's blessing you, and, you know, you're pastoring a church of uh, you know, of over 300, and, you know, God's growing it, and your family's blessed. But, but, but listen, people have no idea of the things that we've come out of. Like, they don't see that I, I, I dragged my family through the mud, that there was times that I would disappear, be on my bench, and come home, and I'd be so sick, and times that my wife would physically pick me up and throw me in the shower, and there'd be times that I didn't know if I was going to make it to the next day. You know, we were separated for four months. There was a time that I had no money. I had no car, my motorcycle. Everything was gone in my life. And here's the thing. Never look down on somebody in a place that you have never been before. Never look down on somebody if you don't know their story. Because, listen, we should never apologize Never apologize for the blessings of God. We should never apologize on what God has brought us out of. Because listen, there was a time that those demons, the devil had his hand on my ankles, which I got some skinny ankles, so it's not that hard for them to pull me down. But the thing is, is that hell had a grip on me, but Jesus extended his hand down to me and said, I'm here, I just want you to, to pursue me, and now will you find a different life? But the thing is, is got to keep pursuing. And number three, her desperation drove her to hope. Verse 29, and immediately the fountain of her blood that was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And I truly believe that, that Jesus is ready to give this power out to you, but we're not desperate enough. We're not desperate any, uh, enough for his presence. We're just complacent. 
She was tired and, and she wanted hope. And sometimes you and I just get like that. Like we're just satisfied where we're at in our walk with Jesus. Like we're just satisfied with just showing up or serving. We're just satisfied in our Bible studies. No, we have to get so desperate in our lives that we just have to keep pursuing him every single day. I don't know about you, but I want more of Jesus. I just don't I just don't say, oh, I figured it out. No, no. Listen, I would never, ever figure it out. I tell I tell my church all the time, listen, if this message is not for you, then it's for me. And I'm going to take it home and I'm going to ponder on it. And I'm going to read it. And I'm going to study because I want to grow more to be more like Jesus. But we have to want to pursue him. We have to be desperate enough for hope and for change. Have we told Jesus how much we need him lately? Have we done our part? Have we got alone? Have we weeped before our God? I believe that the only way that we can have breakthrough in our lives also, guys, is, is living in the spirit every single day. See, we think that, that today we'll, you know, we're going to walk out of here and, oh, yes, we serve a great God. But let me tell you what, Monday's coming. Tuesday's coming. Those problems are out there. There's things that we're going to deal. We need the spirit of God because Galatians 5.25 says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit, not skip in the spirit, not run in the spirit, but walk in the spirit of God. Mark 5 verse 32, and he looked around to see her who, who had done this, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came, fell down before him. And told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. I have read this story thousands and thousands of times. And in my notes, I have it in there. And I'm like, Lord, what did she say to you? What, what, what were her words that she needed that she needed to get out? Because the scripture says that she told him the truth. You and I are here today, and we don't even want to tell Jesus the truth. We don't even want to tell him where we're at in our lives, because what, what, what this scripture tells me is that Jesus knew who touched him. He knew. But the thing is, he wanted to see if she knew. It's just like Adam and Eve. You remember that story? God said, where are you? Oh, God, you're so funny. You knew where they were at. He said, where are you? We were hiding. We were afraid. We heard you walking. See, Jesus knew where they, God knew where they were at. He wanted to see if they knew where they were at spiritually. See, we have to know where we're at spiritually. And this woman, she probably, I just, I just imagine she got on her knees and, and she fell before our, our king. And she was probably weeping and she probably said, listen, I heard of you, but I denied you. I heard of you, but I rejected you. I knew that I needed you, Jesus, because I heard you were doing miracles in the other town, but I didn't want anything to do with you because I wanted to do things my way. I wanted to pursue man. I, I, but she says, I'm here, Lord, and I haven't slept in days, Lord, and I feel so depressed. I feel so full of anxiety. Everybody looks down on me. She spilled her heart out to Jesus. And I wonder when the last time that we spilled our heart out to our God. Has our God seen our desperation for him? And the last point is this. 
But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude and you say, who touched me? My last point is reaching is everything. See, reaching in the Greek is to stretch out, to, to reach after, to yearn for, to, to long for. You and I got to continue to reach him today. No matter where we're at, if you're here and you're saying, I don't need Jesus then I need to talk to you. We need to sit down. I need to know what's going on in your life so I can have some of that too. We all need Jesus today. We all need to keep reaching for him every single day. Don't you want to be healed of that abuse that happened in your life years ago? Don't you want to be healed of that depression, that anxiety? Don't you want to be healed from that drug and alcohol addiction? Don't you want to be healed from maybe being molested as a child? Don't you want to be healed today that can only come from Jesus Christ, but we have to keep reaching for him. We got to keep believing and we got to keep trusting him today to the point that Jesus is looking around and he's going to say in this room this morning, who touched me? Who touched me? Who touched me? And he's going to feel that power go here, go there. It's going to go everywhere, but only if you want it. Only if you want it. Our, our hearts need to beat for him. Where we say, Lord, here I am. Use me. But be careful with that because he'll use you. Because I said that nine and a half years ago, and he says, I want you to preach. I said, no, you don't. <laughs> I want you to pastor a church. No, you don't. That's Pastor Aaron and Dave's job. I'm on. I'm fine where I'm at, but we have to keep on pursuing him to the point that he says, who touched me? Let's be honest this morning. It's hard to trust God, isn't it? It's so hard to trust him because you're like, Lord, what are you doing? Like This hurts and all this pain and, and all these struggles that I've gone through. And I almost like to give an illustration of like being in a plane. Now, I don't like to fly. I just don't. I'd rather drive or walk or ride my motorcycle, whatever. But God has had me doing some traveling. I go to Chicago twice a year. I was in India last year. I might go to India in December. Here I am in Pennsylvania with you wonderful people. And, uh, but if you ever pay attention in the plane, you know, you sit in the front, in the middle, or in the back. They all have different motions. I don't like sitting in the back because you can really feel everything. But if, 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 if you really just pay attention, it will make sounds that will make you uncomfortable. You'll be sitting there and you're like, did the engine just shut off? <laughs> and so if you sit in the way back and your feet are over the engine, you're like, okay, why are my feet not vibrating anymore? Like something's really going on. And, and it'll make funny sounds and it'll turn in different ways. And, and, and I remember sometimes it'll happen, but the air will be blowing on me and then it'll get hot, and then I can smell like gas. I'm like, that's not normal. I, and, but if you pay attention, being on the plane, there's things that just really aren't normal that can scare you to death. And, 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 and can you imagine if I went on the door and I said, excuse me, Captain, um, uh, can you please not turn the engine off anymore? Like when we descend and we come down, can you come down very slowly because if my stomach begins to go up? Um, turbulence, can you find another air pocket that maybe we can travel along? That won't, I mean, can you imagine if I went to this pilot and said that? Here's the thing. That captain, that pilot, he knows that plane better than anybody else. He knows the noise that it's supposed to make. He knows that the motions it's supposed to, to go through. He knows even the sounds that it's supposed to, 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 to have. But here's the thing. You know what he would say? Son, go back to your seat. Quit telling me to do my job. Go back to your seat. And in some sense, it's, it's no different in our relationship with God. Because we're like, Lord, I don't like this ride right now. It's a little bit bumpy. 
God, can you please uh, go a little bit slower on me? I mean, things are really hurting in my life right now. And you know what God's going to say? He says, son, daughter, will you go back to your seat and will you just trust me with your life? Because that's what we do. We get in a plane and we say, you know what? I don't know this pilot, but I trust him. I trust that he had a good day. I trust that he's not fighting with his spouse. I trust him with my life today because literally my life is in his hands and it's no different with God. God has you and I right here in in his hands and you and I need to trust him with every bit of area in our life. Every bit of area in our lives. And the problem is, is that we always sing that song, take the wheel. I don't even know how to sing. I'm not even going to go there. But we say, Jesus, take the wheel. But the problem is we're still in park. We don't want to get out of it. God wants to take you to a place that you've been stuck in a very long time, a place of healing, a place to be restored. I want you to watch this quick video real quick because it's a snapshot of my life. I was addicted to drugs and alcohol. For a very long time, at the age of 15, I started experimenting with marijuana. That's the way it goes. Then I went crystal meth, and then it went cocaine, which I was very heavily on. Tried heroin a few times, didn't like it, but I experimented with all kinds of drugs. Pop pills, but I drink a lot. And the reality is I shouldn't be here today. I've overdosed twice. I wrecked my motorcycle. I was in a motorcycle club for five to six years. Thankful that I never did no, no prison time. I think I look back at my life and I'm like, God, you really had your hand on me. Like, really? But here's the thing, is that I know that if God worked in my life, he can work in yours. God is still healing me today from my past because we, I tell people all the time, those that I uh, speak to on drugs and alcohol, like, you think you can sow 40 years of drinking and doing drugs and it's just going to go away in two years? It's just going to go away in five years? No, you got to keep on pursuing Jesus. And the thing is, I, I really want you to dig deep in your heart because I don't want you to walk out of here being the same. I want you to walk out here being changed and renewed and restored and healed in your heart and in your life. So watch this quick video. We give Jesus praise this morning, guys. Amen and amen. August uh, 30th of 2009, I walked into a non-denominational church in Altus, Oklahoma, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Now, those four months, I struggled. I went to church, I relapsed, went to church, I relapsed, but I knew, I was like the woman in the story, like, I was desperate for my breakthrough, and I'm the first generational pastor in my family, and here's the beauty about this, is that I got saved, and then we got back together, and my wife got saved two weeks after that, and we got married 22 days after that, because... Um, we lived together for like eight, 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 eight or nine years. Um, we've been married for nine years. So we've been together for a very long time. But she got saved. My kids got saved. Pastor Aaron baptized my daughter. All my kids have been baptized. And um, her mom got saved. Her brother got saved. Her sister-in-law got saved. Her dad came back to church after 30 years. I was able to baptize him. And the thing is, is that I say that because it starts with us saying yes to Christ. Because you might be here and you might like, you know what, I'm the only one that serves Christ in my family. Keep pursuing him. Let him use you. 